0: Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 544. So nice to have you here. This week we've got an exciting show planned for you. If all goes well, we're gonna show you how to install Plex Media Server on a little Raspberry Pi 3. It's like a micro computer that fits in the palm of my hand. If I had a shirt pocket, I could put it in there. It's so tiny. We're gonna learn how to set up our own would-be kind of homebrew Netflix on that device. Awesome. This is going to be cool. Stick around. This is Category 5 Technology TV.
1: Are trusted only to solid state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs.
0: Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Cody, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit category5.tv.
1: Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN. And the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash I-A-I-B.
0: Welcome to the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. So nice to have you here. Sasha's back.
1: Yay! You were away
0: last week. Did you have a nice week?
1: I had a great week.
0: Good, good.
1: I spent my, that that day.
0: Yes, Valentine's Day. That Valentine's Day.
1: I booked my honeymoon.
0: Hey, nice.
1: That that means in the near future, I will have another week off.
0: (laughs) There you go. What what are you doing?
1: We're going to Dominican.
0: Nice. I
1: know. All of
0: our viewers from the Dominican, give us a whoop whoop.
1: Yes, please come see me. Uh, Well, no, maybe not. It's my honeymoon. (laughs) Don't come see me, it turns out. Let me know how the weather is. You guys are
0: all creeping me out. It's like a swarm on the beach. <laughs> Just coming up imagine? to you and Dave. Yeah. Are you oh. Sasha Rickman? I'd
1: actually happily host on the resort. You can get day passes. <laughs>
0: there come, you see, go. come see us. There you go. <laughs> okay. So this is coming up?
1: That's coming up in
0: March. Nice. Yes. So you're going to have a week off, and I'm going to have to find someone to fill in for you. Yes. Jeff is away today.
1: That's, yeah. So
0: it's just us. Um, last week, so th- Becca was here. Thank you everyone for your kind remarks and all the thumbs up that we got on YouTube as well. Um, we've been doing, uh, you know, growing our audience on YouTube because it's been a process for us because we're mm-hmm. predominantly on uh, like on cable TV and on Roku and Kodi yeah. and Plex and platforms like set-top boxes and smart TVs. Mm-hmm. and um, So our audience is not predominantly uh, on YouTube,
1: right? and
0: those who do watch on YouTube possibly don't have accounts or maybe don't comment and things like that. So we really appreciate you becoming a part of that community as well, uh, watching our shows, watching our clips uh, on, on YouTube. We have not only Category 5 TV,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but every week we edit up the show into itty-bitty bite-sized pieces. Right. Those go on Linux Tech Show. And so you can do a search for that on YouTube, or you can just go linuxtechshow.com in your favorite browser, and it will automatically redirect you there. It's cool because sometimes, like this is a, a an hour-plus show, right. the full uh, the full episode, but then um, the features themselves may be. Between 5 and 20 minutes long.
1: Exactly. So
0: people say in the comments, hey, how come I had to wait for 45 minutes to get them to the meat of this? Go over to linuxtechshow.com. Right,
1: exactly. Then
0: you'll be able to watch just those little itty-bitty snippets.
1: Oh, these funny YouTube people. Yeah, and
0: everything that I just said will be cut out. You will never hear this if you're on linuxtechshow.com. <laughs>
1: yeah, you won't have to wait through this part of the conversation. Exactly. I have been saying to all of my friends lately, whenever I'm talking about Cat5, I say, check us out, check us out on YouTube. There you I go. say first, and then all of the rest of the yeah. things.
0: Oh, or Plex, or Roku, or Kodi, <laughs> exactly. KVVB, hello, California, <laughs> Yay. Um, and uh, all the ways that you can catch the show.
1: Cool California story. yes one of the patients i work at a chiropractic clinic and one of the patients there is a truck driver and she drives through california oh yeah yeah so i was like I wonder if
0: she's seen our billboards
1: exactly <laughs> that would be cool so, <laughs> so there you go i
0: i think there's a picture of jeff giving you the the bunny ears up on one of those billboards somewhere in Southern California. Look for it, take a picture and send it to us. Yes,
1: let me know exactly where it is.
0: Yeah, that would be cool. Yes. (laughs) We've got a fantastic show planned for you tonight. We're going to be looking at how to get Plex Media Server up and running on a Raspberry Pi 3. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about it before the break. We're going to cover it right after this so stick around and uh, it's going to be fun. Yes. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a blast. Here we go you've got mad skills now hone them learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv slash lynda learn software technology creative and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals join today and start learning we'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses sign up now for free cat5.tv/linda Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and look at that
1: Raspberry Pi.
0: Imagine that in this little box is a server.
1: Huh. I this is
0: the world that we live in. A Raspberry Pi 3. You can pick them up at cat5.tv slash pi. It'll direct you to all kinds of sources, like you can buy them on Amazon. You've got one. I have one. I've got several. <laughs> A lot of us have several, but they're an inexpensive SBC. Any guess on what SBC stands for? SBC? Yeah. S- S- Putting you on the spot.
1: Mm, okay, SBC. You're like S- super, micro microboy. Super bitty computer.
0: Sing, single board computer. Oh, we were, I was so we were close. Very close. So it's like the size of a credit card and it is all built into one circuit board. Right. So the processor, the RAM, everything is in there. The only thing that you have to really add is you've got to put it in a case, uh, which I've done here. Right. I don't know if you, you all can, you can kind of see that under my monitor. There it's it is. It's super already easy it up for to build. D- I did build
1: one in an episode, episode yeah. previously. We've done
0: a lot of Raspberry yeah. Pi features, and last week was no exception. Uh, we did the comparison of the XU4Q to the Raspberry Pi 3. Um, in past episodes, Sasha's built one. Go onto our website, category5.tv, and click on the search up at the top, and you'll be able to just to type in Raspberry Pi, and you'll find a bunch of stuff. I'm going to put that right there just to remind you what we're talking about. Speaking of having done Raspberry Pi features in the past. Yes. Episode number 459, Jeff and I were on the air. You were in the newsroom, and we did the very same feature that we're doing tonight. However, things have changed. Things have changed. Episode 459, that was almost two years ago. Right. And in that time, now that demonstration was on Debian and Jesse, uh, Raspbian Jesse in this case. And now we're using Raspbian Stretch. Mm-hmm. So we've had a really great response and if you're watching this on YouTube you know that uh, you, you may have found this through our previous feature from two years ago and now being 2018 a lot of the technology has changed it's improved right. it's gotten better and it's also broken some of the steps in the tutorial from our video from a couple years back
1: right so it's
0: high time for us to redo the demonstration a little refresher and show you how to do it Sasha, one of the things that has changed since that initial demonstration is we've been watching the comments on YouTube. We've been watching the comments on our website, Category5.tv. And one of the resounding comments, well, basically one of the resounding themes is coming from people who are brand new to single board computing, brand new to Linux. And they want to try it out, but it's so complicated to go through all these steps.
1: I hear you.
0: Yeah. So this is kind of a two-piece demonstration in this one video we're gonna get to the diy let's break it down and walk you through all the steps step by step Mm -hmm. and show you how to set up your own raspberry pi plex media server but we've also taken the time to create a ready to deploy image for raspberry pi 3. it's called plex pi and you can get it at plexpi.com
1: I think that you're very lucky that I am the co-host today because if you are a brand new user, I have the right question.
0: She's got the questions for us, such as?
1: What is Plex?
0: It's what it starts with, right, folks? Yeah. The bare minimum question (laughs) going into a demonstration (coughs) of how to create a Plex server is what is Plex?
1: What is Plex?
0: Plex Media Server. Think of it this way. Jeff and I like to call it our homebrew Netflix. Take okay. all of your videos, put right. them on a drive. Okay. Take all of your, you know, the po- the video podcasts that you watch like Category 5 TV if you download our torrents, put them on that drive. Put them into a folder and and plug it into Plex. Then Plex Media Server mm-hmm. in our case on a Raspberry Pi 3 creates an environment that looks and feels a lot like Netflix. It keeps track of what episodes you've seen, it allows you to rate episodes, it shows you the description and a thumbnail image of oh, each episode okay. and each movie, and as you watch things, it it marks them as watched. So if you're watching something like Category 5 TV and there are 11 seasons of this thing, right. you can actually see where you've gotten to. So if you're binge watching anything, oh, okay. it makes it really easy.
1: Oh, okay, S- same with like in the middle of an episode, like you can yep. turn it off, and then you come back to it later,
0: and
1: it's in the right spot. And
0: the other nice thing about Plex Media Server along that vein is that it works with all your devices. So this device will be plugged into your TV, no doubt, and you'll be streaming video directly on the device. But then, if you have an ethernet cable plugged into it, you can be using your tablet and watching it on your tablet. You You can have it on your computer upstairs, or the TV in the living room, or the bedroom, and still, and not have to move the device around. It right. streams it through your network to any of your devices through the web browser. Can
1: it be multi-use? Like yes. multi? Okay, yeah. I like this.
0: Within the limitations of a Raspberry Pi, because it Wait. is a very small microserver, it doesn't have the same amount of power as a supercomputer, but yes, you can, you can definitely stream to multiple devices. So cool. So, If you're watching it on your TV downstairs Mm -hmm. and you pause it because it's time to make supper, you go up to the kitchen, you pull out your Android tablet or your phone and you set it up and you push play, it starts right where you left off while you were downstairs
1: that's right. a magnificent
0: homebrew netflix with your own content works with home movies works with mp3s and your music library and it plays web streaming we have an actual plex channel an add-on that you can put into your plex deployment and it gives you access to all of our back episodes plus live streaming during the live broadcast so it is very well-rounded solution and we're going to learn how to set that up on a pie
1: perfect why
0: why would we do this
1: Why would we... Why
0: do we ever use a Raspberry Pi 3?
1: Because they're amazing. They are amazing. They're inexpensive. They
0: are very inexpensive, Sasha.
1: They are easy.
0: Not only easy to use, but easy to procure. Yes. And I may not have, and you may not have, a server at home that has HDMI output and can fit behind your TV that's mounted on the wall... This you can just tape onto the back of the TV and plug right. an HDMI cable in and a power cable and you're done.
1: Right, this is a very easy, like it's a palatable beginning step, right? Like I yeah, feel like yeah. that, like if you are new to all things Linux, if you're new to all things tech and you're, this is the first episode you've ever seen, you're lucky because <laughs> this is a great first step. All right. All right.
0: So speaking of first step, for those of you who do not want to do it yourself, comes plexpi. Right. PlexPy.com will take you to well currently it just takes mm-hmm. you to a forum. And I'm going to bring it up on my computer screen for you. I've got my laptop here and let's just see if I can bring it up. Um see if that comes up. Yes. Okay. So com and when I go there right now we haven't built a website for it yet. It just takes you to the category 5 community forum and you'll see a development forum here because it is under development right now and if you scroll there are three sticky posts one of them is introduction to plexpi and download plexpi images and when you go there there's a brief introduction as to how it works how to follow along with the steps and of course where you can download it as well and this is going to evolve over time we are going to create a website at plexpi.com so that it's you know more attractive and easier to find what you're looking for but in the meantime it gives you free access to the image so What that means is for those who don't want to do it yourself, if you're not a Linux guru and you don't want to go through the steps and figure it out uh, and follow along with the steps that we're going to show you tonight, you can just fire up this image. Use something like Etcher. That's the program that I like to use. Right. So you install Etcher. Uh, I've got a link below if you're watching this on YouTube or on our website or anywhere where we've got comments and things. Uh, Follow the link to Etcher, and that will allow you to burn the image to a USB flash drive, or in this case, a micro SD card that you're gonna put in your Raspberry Pi. Right. Once it's in there, we can boot it up. You ready? Okay. Let's turn on our Raspberry Pi 3. So this is happening in real time, uh, and I've already burned the image for Plex Pi 1.1, the current version uh, on uh, on my Raspberry Pi 3. So here we go. So from downloading and burning it, to now booting it for the first time, it is this easy to get up and running with Plex. So you see the the Raspbian wow. desktop there. Now wait yeah. for it, wait for it, and wait a little more. <laughs> Flex is a loading. You're going to leave this thing running on your TV. You're going to fire it up, and it's just going to be running connected to your TV. You don't have to wait for it and things like that. And then we're going to be up on the screen here where it's going to ask us, how do you want to log in? How do you want to sign up? That is a fully functional Plex media server from PlexPi.com. It's ready to go, we just booted it up there, exactly how you're gonna see it. So you need to sign up for an account. I use my email address to sign up, and just like any sign up, um, you just give them your email address Mm -hmm. and enter a password, and that is what you're going to use on all of your devices to connect to your Plex media server. And you can access it from outside of your network. If you've got high-speed internet, those kinds of things are all possible. This is not a tutorial on how to use Plex Media Server. That's happening next week. But what we're doing here is showing you how to get set up with a Plex Media Server on your Raspberry Pi. So there it is. It's as simple as that. That's PlexPi.com. From there, if you want to get out of it, you hit Alt F4. That takes you right into your regular uh, like desktop, mm-hmm. and you can just shut her down. Just like that. OK. Done. And now we've got an opportunity to change the card. I've already created a Raspian Stretch installation here. So for those of you who are interested in DIY, here it is. It's just Raspbian Stretch. Nothing has been done to it. It's out of the box, ready to go. We're going to learn how to create, how to build, how to install everything we need to have this become that. We're going to check that out right after the break. Stick around. Jeff Weston. Yummy. Yeah, you're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? That's where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. well, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? And we're back with Raspian Stretch on Category 5 Technology TV. Now, everything that's going to happen from here on out is for the DIY. want to do it yourself, and uh, we're going to install, set up Plex Media Server on this bare-bones Raspberry Pi 3. If that's not you, if you're not the DIY, just rewind this video, learn all about <laughs> plexpi.com. Forget about everything you're about to see here today.
1: That's right. We're
0: going to get real geeky here. We're going to get into the Linux terminal, and we're going to see how we can get this set up. So let's do it. Okay. All right. So speaking of Linux terminal, we're going to bring it up. There we go. And we're going to go sudo apt update. That's the first thing we want to do on Linux to make sure that things as far as our repositories are up to date now do we know what a repository is a repository is something that linux uses in order to install software it's a place on the web where a bunch of software resides and anytime we want software all we have to do is use that apt command here on raspbian or a debian derivative and then it will download it and install it we don't have to find their website we don't have to compile anything we don't have to figure it out it's all there for us ready to go so now i'm gonna go apt Now notice that it says that there are some things that can be upgraded so we Mm -hmm. want to do that apt upgrade Not update. Notice it says, hey, couldn't lock the file. That's because I forgot sudo because I need to be super user. Now it's going to go through and it's going to upgrade anything that is ready to be upgraded. So are we ready to do that? Yes, let's do that. This is now downloading all of those programs off of the web, and this just shows you how bare bones my installation of Raspbian Stretch is here tonight because there is a ton of stuff to be upgraded here. Uh, I see things like, uh, like Python, and even my time zone data is being updated. So that's all happening through those repositories. That's also how we're going to install Plex Media Server tonight. Um, so let's check on the status here. It looks like it's working away. And it can take some time, uh, especially, you know, if you've got a slower connection. We're going to use the magic of television to kind of speed this up for you tonight. Let's see how we can do that. Okay, so in real time, we're sitting here, and this has so far taken about 20 minutes or so to, to get to this point. In that amount of time, Marshman in the chat room says, while this is going on, I downloaded and burned an SD card and booted up the new PlexPie.com. Mm-hmm. And now back to our post-processed, accelerated apt upgrade on the Raspberry Pi 3. And boom, it's done, just like that. And it took no time at all. Actually, it really did. You're going to have to dedicate yourself some time on the Raspberry Pi 3 because it does take a lot of time to update. So really quickly, now that that's been upgraded, now we need to go apt dist upgrade. That's going to be the next step Again, super user do, sudo apt dist upgrade. And I'm not, oh, I'm so happy to see that it doesn't need to do any because that took a while to get through. Okay, now we need to go sudo reboot, and that's going to restart our Raspberry Pi 3 because now that we've got all those updates to the software, we need to make sure that we get, um, that basically, those load. Right. They need to load up on the system. So here we go. We're rebooting into the updated Raspbian Stretch. Now, if you're not familiar with Raspbian, you can head on over to raspberrypie.org. Don't forget the silent P in there, raspberrypi.org. And it's P-I, like the number, not right. pi like the edible. And you can download it for free from there. It's based on Debian. Now, it tells me, okay, hey, you're upgraded to the latest version. Congratulations. Thank you. Took long enough. Okay, so now, next step. Because now that we're up to up to date, we can finally get into installing, deploying our Plex Media Server. Now, a real case for PlexPy.com comes from realizing how much time this can take to do this yourself. Right. So we've done the work for you, folks. PlexPy.com, you can just download it, run it, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. So let's let's see how it's done though. Let's actually get in there and make this happen. So, all right, in my terminal, which Thank you to the community who has let me know, hey, control shift plus allows me to actually zoom in on the terminal. So folks, if you're watching at home and having trouble seeing that on your 60 inch TV, well, that's going to help you out a great deal. There we go. So first thing I want to do now that we've rebooted is we need to make sure that apt, remember we did apt update and I'm tired of typing sudo. So I'm going to go sudo Sue. And now I am root done. Now, Remember how when I do apt update and everything else, it connects to the servers and gets its updates? Well, we need to make sure that apt is able to use HTTPS, SSL encrypted transport. In order to do that, we need to install a package which may, on the new stretch, already be in existence, but we're going to do it anyways just to be sure. It doesn't hurt anything. Remember that I am now root, okay? That's what sudo su did, so I don't have to type (laughs) sudo. apt install, and we're going to just make sure apt transport HTTPS. Hit enter. If you don't have it, it's going to install it. If you do, it says app transport HTTPS is already the newest version. So now we need to actually get our um, Plex Media Server um, the uh, repository. It's a PPA. So right. we need to add that to our system here. I'm not sure if there's a stretch one. Let's give it a go. Uh, so let's go... Uh, let's let's go over here, let's do it this way etc slash apt and we're going to go into sources.list.d and we're going to create a new one so I, notice I'm in the folder etc slash apt slash sources.list.d this is where I can add all kinds of things I'm going to call this pms.list um, and you can follow along with these this whole tutorial at cat5.tv slash pms and to be sure it stands for Plex Media Server <laughs>
1: Now
0: mm-hmm. I'm creating a new file with nano I am root so I can do this uh, and I'm going to go deb HTTPS now that we've got HTTPS transport and we're going to go devtoday.de uh, stretch main and then I'm going to output that with control O and then control X to exit Apt update let's see if there is a stretch repository there if all goes well, it's going to it's going to tell me that the key can't be found. There we go. That's good. So it's found a stretch. Perfect. All right, perfect. Okay, so the public key is not available. We need to get that. So wget -o Do I have a pipe this time? I do not. Okay, you guys ready for this? Remember last time on episode number what was it? 430 uh, 459. 459. Yes. We had that trouble. So let's see if I can change my keyboard settings preferences. Mouse and keyboard keyboard settings. My mouse is very sluggish, by the way, so that's why I'm moving in slow motion here. (laughs) Keyboard. Keyboard layout. Raspberry Pi being based in the UK, they've defaulted this to a UK keyboard. Now, I want to change to a United States keyboard. You may need to change to something that's more appropriate to you. And I'm going to choose English, US. Great.
1: Great idea.
0: Now I'm going to have that pipe character, unlike last time. Okay, and then, okay, wow, is that ever sluggish. Wow. Okay, do I have pipe? Yes. Okay, get dash capital O. That is the letter O. And then dash. Yes, that's intentional. We're going to output this um, and import it into the next command. https colon slash slash dev today dot de slash pms slash dev today dash pms.gpg.key. Don't worry, you can copy and paste that at cat5.tv slash pms. And then pipe and then sudo apt dash key add dash. So what we're saying is grab that key and output it to dash, we'll say, uh, from devtoday.de slash pms dash uh, gpg.key, blah, blah, blah. Then pipe it into sudo apt key add dash. That's going to download and import the key all in one fell swoop without actually putting the file on my hard drive. Now, if I go apt, update, if all went well, we will not see those error messages this time because the the public key is now available. Right. And it worked. Okay, so now we're ready to install plex media server this is where things have changed a little bit in Debian stretch or in Raspbian stretch in our case the package name has changed so we're gonna go apt install plex media server installer okay now before I hit enter on that I'm gonna bring up my browser here so that you can just see what is going to be different And the, you, you can see that little bit of sluggishness to the Raspberry mm-hmm. Pi 3. That's what I was talking about when, when we were talking last week about how performance feels more like a desktop on the X, XU4Q. Mm-hmm. If I go HTTP colon slash slash localhost colon 32400 slash web, it's going to tell me that such a thing does not exist. Okay? That's where Plex is going to live in just a couple of moments' time. I'm going to hit enter. And it's found it. It's installing it. Fantastic. So again, repositories save the day. Makes it super, super easy. And it's grabbing a couple of extra packages that are needed. Right. That's fantastic. While we wait for that, uh, you know what? This is not even taking very long, this one. This is motoring along. I'm going to bring up another terminal window. And we're going to zoom in on that one and we're going to go sudo su, and I'm going to get started with the next step while I'm waiting. So I'm going to go nano slash etc default and Plex media server, which the file already exists because it's halfway done installing. So this is my configuration file, and I need to tell it what user to run as. Uh, You see how Plex media server user is currently set to Plex? Well, on the Raspberry Pi, the user is called Pi. So output that with control O, and then control X. Now that is ready for us, so it's going to be running as that. Um, I also need to change the ownership of that file just so that we've got access to it. CH own, uh, not the file, pardon me, but the, um, the folder which is going to contain uh, Plex media server, but I need to wait until this process is done because it's still adding some files, but I can get ready for it. CH own R, which means recursive, PI, PI, so that's the PI user and the PI group, because that's who we're going to be running as, var, lib, plex media server. So I've got to wait for this to finish before I hit enter, because there are still going to be some files that are going to be dropped into that folder, and then we'll be good to go. Once again, feels like I want to speed this up for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's moving along. anyways a little better than the last one. But it is not an exciting process to sit there watching it. You'll feel so much better just to boot up PlexPy. I guarantee it. But there's a, a certain thrill that comes from doing it yourself, isn't there? And you can really customize it. Now that that's ready, let's zoom in again. So I'm going chown recursively. We're going to go pi pi, which means pi colon pi, pi user, pi group, that folder so now that folder belongs to PI so it's ready so now system CTL restart Plex media server because we've changed the user that we want it to run as so we need to restart it system CTL status Plex media server and we see that it is active running well could this be true let's go back to our web browser And we're going to hit F5 on the page that says cannot be reached. And ladies and gentlemen, we now have Plex on a Raspberry Pi 3. Amazing. Quite a bit more onerous than just downloading plexpi.com and installing it on a flash drive and getting up and running. But as I say such a victorious feeling to do it yourself. And right. you learn along the way.
1: You could go to the store and buy a lasagna, or you could make a lasagna at home.
0: I'm not even going to talk about the robot grandma <laughs> who could make that lasagna for you, and it Ooh. would be just like grandma used exactly. to make. <laughs> there it is, folks. That is Plex on the Raspberry Pi 3. Two different ways to do it. DIY or just download it and go. Check out more. You can get your Pi at cat5.tv slash Pi. That's the device that you need. Nice and cheap. Nice little piece of hardware that comes like that. Get yourself a power supply for it, an SD card, um, something Mm -hmm. that has a reasonable amount of space, say 32 gigs or so to to get up and going. Then you're going to use USB with an external hard drive or a NAS share or something like that in order to Mm -hmm. store your media. Uh, We're going to look at how Plex actually functions next week. We're going to take it from here and show you how to use it. So that's plex on the raspberry pi find out more cat5.tv slash pms we've got to take a really quick break when we come back we're going to be uh we've got a prize to give away that's right we've got a winner of our video game giveaway and the newsroom coming right up don't go away Now here's another great way you can support the shows you love from the Category 5.TV network by shopping at GearBest. That's right, Jeff. Uh, Cat5.TV slash GearBest. It's an online store for the geek streak in you. Or the loved ones. Well, of course. I mean, especially your loved ones, right? Uh, Because Cat5.TV slash GearBest, quite frankly, has all of the greatest tech gifts that you could ever hope for at rock-bottom prices. Do they have cell phones? You betcha. Cat5.tv slash GearBest has a wide assortment of unlocked Android cell phones and tablets. What about compute uh, consumer electronics? Those make a great gift. Absolutely. From high-tech watches to action cameras, headphones, even virtual reality headsets. Cat5.tv slash GearBest has you covered. They literally have it all, Jeff. Literally. Really? It's like a superstore, right from the comfort of your own chair, at your computer, through the interweb. Yeah, I, there's no way they have it all. It's true. It's just a bunch of uh, random electronics. Test me. Um, what about clothes? Yep, both men and women, fashionable apparel at rock bottom, super duper prices. Kind of like this? Well, look at this coat. What do you think? It's a slimming mock leather jacket. I love it. It's available for less than $30 plus free shipping at cap 5tv slash GearBest. All right. You kind of got me there. Wow. Any other questions for me, Jeff? Uh, Now that the winter has passed, flying season, do they have any good deals on, say, drone copters? Oh, my goodness. Well, check this out. Dude, they have everything. Check out over 500 various drones. And not only that, they're available marked down by about 30 to up to 63% off the regular price. Love it. What's the website again? Well, you're going to find GearBest on our partners' pages for any of your favorite Category 5 TV shows, like New Every Day, Category 5 Technology TV, The Pixel Shadow. Uh, but, of course, if you want to shop absolutely right now and you want to go straight to the site, all you have to do is visit cat5.tv GearBest. See, that's easy cat5.tv slash your best that's right happy shopping Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. So nice to have you here. Check out our website, category5.tv. Lots of great ways to participate, such as? Such
1: as winning a copy of Dead Effect VR, Dead Effect 2 VR. Yes! So, We have been having a contest, and we pick a winner each week. Now, the way to enter the contest is to let us know how you're watching, where you're watching from. Mm -hmm. You do that by email. Email contest at category5.tv. Easy peasy. It's
0: too easy to win, folks. We've counted up this week not hundreds, not thousands, but several of your ballots. And this week.
1: This week's winner is Sam, a.k.a. Lichin. One. Yeah. Lichin' X1. X1. Lichin' X1. Way to
0: go. Yay. Congratulations. You are our winner this week.
1: (laughs) All of these dead effect two VR players are going to just meet somewhere.
0: Get Steam set up. Get her going. We'll send you the passcode to download that right after the show.
1: Congratulations. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. An IT worker who accidentally threw out a hard drive containing a small cache of Bitcoin has lost over $100 million because of the blunder. Investigations have been launched after a helicopter reportedly crashed when swerving to avoid a consumer drone. A Japanese company is planning to build the world's tallest wooden skyscraper in 2041 to mark its 350th anniversary. A mountain of sensitive FedEx consumer data has been exposed and Microsoft has backported its Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection security toolkit from Windows 10 to Windows 7 and 8.1. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere.
0: Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, You'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit category5.tv partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners and thank you for watching. This is the Category 5.tv newsroom. Covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias.
1: I'm Sasha Rickman and here are the top stories we're following this week. An IT worker who accidentally threw out a hard drive containing a small cache of Bitcoin has so far lost over $100 million because of the blunder. We've reported on this a number of years ago as well, but as Bitcoin continues to grow, the time has come to revisit this. The story dates back to 2013 when James Howells, who had been mining cryptocurrency on his computer since 2009 to solve complex mathematical problems and earn rewards, dismantled the device after spilling a drink on it. He said... After I had stopped mining, the laptop I had used was broken into parts and sold on eBay. However, I kept the hard drive in a drawer at home knowing it contained my Bitcoin private keys so that if Bitcoin did become valuable one day, I would still have the coins I had mined. He continued, In mid-2013, during a clear-out, the hard drive, then worth a few hundred thousand pounds, was mistakenly thrown out and put into a general waste bin at my local landfill site. After which... It was buried on site the hard drive contained 7,500 bitcoins at that time that amount of Bitcoin was worth about seven hundred thousand dollars but Bitcoin didn't stop there had he had not thrown away that drive it would have amounted to over 100 million dollars one hundred and nineteen million five hundred and one thousand and nine hundred and twenty-five dollars US as of last week while Howells had made several requests to the local council to dig up and salvage the hard drive at this site He has yet to be granted permission to look for the missing treasure. He says, I haven't actually tried to search for the hard drive yet as I have not been given permission to look despite having financial backing in place and engaging the local council a couple of times. Howells, who calls himself a Bitcoin pioneer and Bitcoin cash proponent on Twitter, says that he will not give up on his search. On December 2nd, 2017, he tweeted a diagram of a modern landfill with the bittersweet caption, Bitcoin cold storage vault. Oh, i remember this story i recall
0: you doing this story a uh, few years back
1: it makes me so sad for this guy and i every time bitcoin goes up bitcoin I is it.
0: constantly going up and has been going up but good news is that he tweeted on december 7th seems to be in good spirits has not taken his own life he, so this is this is great he's on the up and up
1: I cannot believe he's waiting for permission. Like, I feel like if this was me with $100 million, I might be sneaking in under the oh. cover of darkness.
0: And when you're telling this story again, I can't help but think about Shizu Yamaguchi coming on the show and talking to us about decluttering, yeah, I... cleaning up, cleaning house, the Marie Kondo method. and I
1: might be wrong in my recall on this, but I do not believe it was him who threw it out.
0: Was I, it the people from Hoarders that came in and like took think, all his stuff and threw it like out?
1: Something makes me think it was his wife. And I don't know whether or not it's because I'm a wife. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine I that's the kind it, of thing that a wife would do. I guess, Believe me, it's true. How many times have I been like, where is such and such tech device? And then I find it years later in the bottom of a, a box. Because there's a box that says random miscellaneous Robbie things.
1: Exactly. <laughs> At least so, they don't go to the dump. Oop.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So I want to know. Okay. Um, how, like, would that usually be okay if you took a hard drive out? Could you just put it in a safe? And years later, would it be okay if it had Bitcoin on it? Like, is that actually a safe? I wouldn't method? trust
0: it. Right. Certainly, certainly not. Um, yes and no. I mean, because so many things could happen. Putting a drive in a drawer. Right. Sensitive to electrostatic, Mm. sensitive to vibration as people open and close the drawer, sensitive to people coming in and throwing out the things that are in the drawer.
1: Granted, he did spill a drink on it to begin with, so he's not exactly up and up on the safe keeping of his Bitcoin.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. So if we're going to mine cryptocurrency, first of all, you're going to get a uh, a string of words or a, a a decryption key, a private key. This is what it was stored on that hard drive. The Bitcoin itself is not stored on the hard drive. The Bitcoin is in the...
1: um, Internet? It's it's like just in... in, uh,
0: They call it the the blockchain. It's in this blockchain. So many, many computers have that Bitcoin coded into them. But in order to access those Bitcoin, you have to have the private key.
1: So there are bitcoin out there that people can see that it's not
0: tangible but oh, it's okay. numbers it's it's digital binary stuff it's money. with with the decryption key though or with the uh, pardon me the private key you can access that as money
1: you I can kind of buy get and this sell, okay? right
0: so had he had multiple copies of that key or had he printed that key and put it in a filing cabinet. So
1: this could easily be just a back up your stuff. Oh my gosh. Situation.
0: Yeah. Right? Especially so, if you have 7500 bitcoin at the time. At they the time were not- even when they were $1 each, that's $7500. And at the time when he had this discarded, it was $700,000. I cannot
1: believe he's so uh, like just called He thinks he's going
0: to find this. You're not finding it.
1: No, well, at this it's point, it's been so many years buried in the muck. Mm-hmm. When you
0: store, Buried in the muck. What do they do at landfills?
1: They put things on top of it.
0: And they put chemicals and yeah. types of bacteria that eat away at the things that are buried there.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Okay. So when it was in your drawer, it was already possibly subject to some
0: issues. <laughs> it had some 7-Up all over it, yeah.
1: And now it's an. You're never. It is heartbreaking. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. It's it's never coming back. If
0: you're gonna mine cryptocurrency, once you get up to a half a bitcoin, you got to know it's time to like back up your backups. Put it in a safety d- deposit box. Print it. Print it. When the electromagnetic pulse comes from the alien invaders, you have to have a paper copy.
1: I will say. I hope this guy is still happily married, but if he's not, he should never say on his first date that he did this.
0: Not a way to introduce yourself.
1: I could be a hundred million. You know how
0: we're like out at McDonald's right now? I have a story for why this is our first date. (laughs) (laughs) I would be whining and dining you downtown.
1: Do you want to go to a landfill and do some digging? Oh,
0: yeah. Not a good pickup line.
1: (laughs) Investigations have been launched after a helicopter reportedly crashed while swerving to avoid a consumer drone. A trainee had been practicing hovering about 50 feet above trees on Daniel Island, South Carolina. Seeing a quadcopter flying towards them, the instructor took control but clipped a tree with the tail router, causing the helicopter to crash to the ground and tip onto its side. The drone is believed to have been a DJI Phantom. DJI says that they are trying to learn more about this incident and stand ready to assist investigators. They also added that they do provide owners with help to ensure that they steer clear of traditional aircraft. Industry groups representing large U.S. airlines, pilots, and air traffic controllers have previously urged the U.S. Federal Aviation Administra- Administration, which has also launched an investigation into the crash, to end exemptions that currently prevent it from regulating consumer drones. A letter co-signed by three organizations warns the likelihood that a drone will collide with an aircraft, airline aircraft is increasing mm-hmm. it is increasing because there's more drones out there yeah and it's scary
0: i hope that the pilot and the student are okay now there was no mention of that
1: i think th- i think that they must be okay and that it would be a much bigger story if they were not
0: oh sure yeah you know right? what you're right absolutely if they were hurt or right worse right it would be bigger news.
1: But even if they are, well, I mean, I'm, I'm certain that there's some amount of pain if you're oh, 50 sure. feet above the tree line and you fall, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. I'm assuming that they're alive. And even if they, okay. Who pays for this is where this is going.
0: Who, I don't know how you segued to that.
1: <laughs> who, okay. So these people are on the ground and there's, they're obviously hurt in some way and they have to go to the hospital. Well, They just lost right. a
0: helicopter. That's got to be worth a couple of Bitcoin.
1: Right. So the drone flyer is clearly at fault, right? Because I would say... I
0: mean, I'm not the judge and jury on this one, but the drone was flying around. We don't have any inkling as to how close they were, but it it was the pilot's error that hit the tree. That's what took down the helicopter. Now, had that drone gotten close, you know what's happening. If it got on top of those rotors... Done. Sucked down and shattered, and who knows what kind of mess. Right. Could have been worse. Could have been worse.
1: I still. I okay. They I were fifty hit. feet.
0: They hit a tree. That's what took them down. So they were twenty feet.
1: They hit at a, that point. Right. They, they hit, hit a tree run. to avoid a drone yes. that was perhaps coming toward them. In mm-hmm. my mind, it's like barreling toward them at the speed of light,
0: <laughs> and then <laughs> <deep laughs> out of
1: the way, Matrix yep. style. Okay, yep. so <laughs> they panicked. They panicked.
0: Yeah.
1: So is there insurance? Does DJI... Oh, sure. Wait, well, not or, DJI, no. but
0: the, um, the pilot instructor would have had insurance, of course, on, oh, the, on the craft itself. Right? right. So they'd be covered. Now, how do you track down the pilot of the drone? Good luck there. Now, if DJI is helping, they may have GPS data, but they have been under a lot of heat for holding on to GPS data. So guess what? They're apparently not doing that anymore, or... So now- they're hiding the fact that they're doing that, um, so who really knows?
1: It does say DJI helps uh, f- drone flyers avoid aircraft through education. Through education, sure. so like when you see a plane. Oh, and
0: through like. the features, <laughs> right? Like they will. You can't fly your drone into a, a no-fly zone if right. you are a good pil- If you're a good player. A good player does not disable their GPS and their and the geofencing. Right. Okay. Geofencing will stop your drone, dead stop, if okay. you are approaching a no-fly zone. Some people will turn off that feature on their drone.
1: I just because had a, they want to keep flying. a light bulb moment. Yeah. Can each commercial aircraft, each helicopter and plane, can they not have like a beacon of some sort that does like a force field I of think dead I know zone. where you're going with you this. Know, like but
0: here's my theory. A
1: protective bubble.
0: It's probably field. not a good idea on an aircraft to have a transmitter that takes down aircraft.
1: <laughs> right. I see what you're saying. Yes. But if it just was a signal drones, though, if like, it was a
0: like a radio signal that broadcasts 50 yards in front and around. Right. Then and and the f- drone had a feature to receive that and right. say, oh, I'm getting too close. But I'm these are things like, that are traveling at super speeds.
1: I'm picturing like Star Trek or Star Wars yes. or wherever whichever one it is.
0: Whichever one it is that is in the Star. That
1: has the force field that goes around.
0: Star Trek has Reflector right. dishes and force fields. And, right. So, okay. Yeah.
1: Can planes not have that in theory? But for just like, <laughs> like it just.
0: Welcome to reality, Sasha. No, no. I'd love to be able to say the Star Trek is real, but alas, no. But it's science fiction. Like
1: just something that pulses. They're and working on like, it. Okay.
0: They're working on it. Also, faster than light drive. They're working on it. Not yet a thing. Let's These things have to start that.
1: as an idea, right? And my idea is idea. this is the how drones I like the avoid. way you think,
0: yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is how. <laughs> Force field and faster than light drive. Dilithium.
1: I don't know. It just has to start somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear.
1: A Japanese company is planning to build the world's tallest wooden skyscraper in 2041 to mark its 350th anniversary. So... Sumitomo Forestry said 10% of the 70-story W350 tower would be steel combined with about 180,000 cubic meters of indigenous wood, enough to build about 8,000 homes with trees and foliage on balconies at every level. It said a braced tube structure, diagonal diagonal steel vibration-controlled braces at the center of a 350-meter wood and steel column would protect against Tokyo's regular earthquakes. The projected cost of the building is about 600 billion yen, more than 5.5 billion U.S. dollars, which is about twice the cost of a conventional skyscraper of the same size. But Sumitomo said that it's expected the, the costs will fall before completion due to technological breakthroughs. A block of student flats in Vancouver was currently the world's tallest wooden skyscraper at 53 meters, so this is about 300 meters taller than the current world holder. The, the W350 tower would be used for offices, shops, hotels, and
0: homes. Neat.
1: I love stuff. That like would
0: be this. stunning. Can I you know. imagine?
1: So if it's happening in that many years, right? 2041. Sure.
0: They got a lot of time to prepare and save up.
1: Like they could probably plant the trees that are going to be used They'll for the wood. they will
0: probably have deflectors by then.
1: I know, right? I know. They will. We'll look back at this in twenty forty one and be like, Sasha was yeah. right. <laughs>
0: Sasha was so bang on with that.
1: <laughs> that girl, she knows it all. Yeah, right. How how is a braced tube structure gonna protect a wooden structure from earthquakes?
0: <laughs> you mentioned that it's in the it sounds like it's in the interior column. Yeah. So, the interior column being set up such a way that. So, you think of a building, and if a building with these um, trusses of wood and everything else and, and built to look nice, um, if they flex like this, then things start snapping, things start breaking. Right. right? So, you get uh, a, a truss structure made of steel tube that is like crisscross. That is okay. really, really solid that's not going to bend and warp and, and flex the same way that's, that traditional buildings like a, a square building would in, in that kind of environment if there was an earthquake.
1: Okay, some may be worried about this.
0: Sure. I don't that's think That's pretty I'm, tall for it. But it is steel and wood.
1: Right, and I don't think I'm as worried in that trees seem pretty resilient. Like you see. Oh, sure. Right? They flex in the wind. Right, and things yeah. are all right with them. I. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I live on the top floor, and I don't know that uh, there should be any amount of cooking in said building ever in case of fire. Yeah, I
0: kind of wonder, like, like, what what kind of fire hazard is it to have a, a wooden structure of that magnitude? That's right. That's giant. Like 350 meters. That's half the size, a little more than half the height of the CN Tower.
1: That's crazy. Yeah. This is significantly a non-smoking building. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You have to stand in the steel trusses.
1: You're fine against earthquakes, people, but I'll uh, match you got some
0: issues.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Researchers said Thursday that passports driver's licenses and other sensitive documentation for thousands of FedEx customers were left online, possibly for years in a blunder that left the information available to identity thieves and other malicious actors. In all, Chromtech Security Center said researchers found 119,000 scanned documents stored in a publicly available Amazon S3 bucket. The photo ID scans were accompanied by completed U.S. Postal Service forms that included names, home addresses, and phone numbers of people who requested to have mail delivered by an authorized agent. The IDs are from all over the world, Mexico, Canada, European Union countries, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait. Japan, Malaysia, China, Australia, and more. The data was initially gathered by Bongo International, a company that helped North American retailers and brands sell online to customers in other countries. FedEx acquired Bongo International in 2014 and eventually changed its name to FedEx Cross Border International. FedEx shut down the service last April. The discovery of the customer IDs and other personal information suggests that not only was the information never properly secured to begin with. But FedEx officials failed to purge the data once the service was discontinued. Chromtex said the information may have been available since 2009. People who used Bongo International or FedEx Cross Border International should be on alert. The incident is yet another example of why people should avoid giving over personal information whenever possible. Hmm. Wow, this is a weekly story when things
0: feels like that's it, a lot of Now Very like data, you think about identity theft. What do you need? Hey, every, Here's your photo ID up on an S3 bucket, which is basically like a, a, a spot on the web to host files. so right. obviously they're able to download these hundreds of thousands of ID scans.
1: Right, so it's ID and addresses, and like it's actually everything Mm -hmm. you need to become the other person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear! So
1: if if it was never secured to begin with,
0: yeah, sounds like Mm -hmm.
1: when FedEx took over the company, uh, why wouldn't you purge? Like, why wouldn't you get rid of that? Uh, Is it hidden from them in the acquisition of the company?
0: I have no idea like how can you not I don't know in an acquisition of that scale like what if here's a hypothetical for you what if they just didn't realize like they acquired the company and didn't realize that they were storing all this data unsafely
1: I would assume that they wouldn't have realized it that FedEx seems like an up and up sort of company that wouldn't do something like this intentionally Right. Like you yeah. you would, I guess, encrypt would would that help encrypting?
0: Yes. I have discussions yeah. with with people, and I say, what are you thinking? Like you can't keep doing this you can't not have a backup you can't have all of your data stored on this one drive you you know i'm i'm very vocal about hey you need to have ransomware protection on your windows network yes you can't just use antivirus anymore you can't use security essentials you have to have proper protection and whether they listen to me or not that's up to them now here's a case where did FedEx go in and did they see that that was there and did someone be vocal about it and say, you can't do this. You can't have personal information freely available for anyone to download on S3 in a public bucket. A ah. bucket being like, think of a hard drive that is accessible to anyone in the world. That's right. what this is. And that they is had crazy. that.
1: crazy. Yeah. I, these are the sort of people who should have had that hard drive in a landfill.
0: oh boy
1: are you still holding on to windows 7 well good news microsoft has backported its windows defender advanced threat protection security toolkit from windows 10 to windows 7 and 8.1
0: now in hindsight looking back at our previous story i feel bad that i said security essentials (laughs) is not the product for you i didn't see this coming but it was a perfect segue (laughs) as we realize that is now available. (laughs) Perfect. Congratulations.
1: The release will allow those holding out with older versions of the operating system to get the exploit and malware infection detection prevention and event reporting features offered by Windows 10. For enterprises, the extension to Windows 7 and 8.1 will, more importantly, allow admins to bring their older machines under the same security management and administration tools they use for Windows 10 PCs. This is where Microsoft is focusing its pitch. by. Adding ATP to Windows 7 and 8.1, Redmond hopes that it will convince sysadmins to add those machines to the Windows Defender monitoring systems that they use for Windows 10 devices and, in the process, prod companies toward migrating the older PCs to Windows 10. Microsoft noted that Windows 7 is still slated for retirement in January of 2020. The software giant is also looking to extend ATP support for non-Windows devices by signing up Another partner for its security push, Sentinel-1 will be adding ATP support to the Endpoint Protection Platform security tool it sells for Windows, Mac, Linux, and VDI. This means that administrators can set up Sentinel-1 to automatically pass alerts along to management consoles via ATP.
0: Hmm. I'm not a big Security Essentials fan. I, I like ESET, I like proper protection, but for those who are going to opt for what comes with your computer, it is good that there's something a little more robust than what's freely available right now. Yes. If you're on Windows 7. Why are you on Windows 7? Why
1: are you on Windows 7? Yeah, I
0: think a lot of people are still holding on to the past. It's true. And some people are stuck on hardware that doesn't support Windows 10, or some people just don't want updates crippling their computers.
1: Right. Some people still have mullets. She went there. Big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman.
0: Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and thank you so much for joining us again this week. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week when we take this Plex Media server and show you how to actually import some of your video files and music and use that system that we've now built on a Raspberry Pi 3. Look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. I
1: actually love everybody, even if you have a mullet. (laughs) I feel bad now.
0: It's always nice to feel bad at the end of the show. (laughs)